Diary, September 19th. I have a new roommate. Of all people, it's Pinky, the new girl at work. She's a strange person, but it's better than waiting around for some fat nurse to answer the notice. On the way home, I took her to Dodge City for a beer. All the guys were riding dirt bikes out back, so we didn't stay long. Edgar pulled one of his tricks on Pinky. She fell for it till the end. She sure doesn't have much to her name, but she does have a sewing machine and maybe will make me a new dress or something. She loves the apartment. I guess she's never lived in a decorated place before. Anyway, we're all settled in. Dear Diary, September 20th. TGIF. Work was pretty much the usual. Pinky was slow as usual, too. What's this? I took her to the shooting range at Dodge City. All the guys were there, and every one of them drunk as hell. Paul, the cop at the movie theater, asked me to come see The Omen with him. But I'm not so sure I like that scary stuff. I'll wait till he wants to go out to eat or dancing. I had a great time today. But Pinky doesn't like shooting noise. Dear Diary, September 12th. I have the strangest dreams. Some of them are weird, like my mother coming into my room with all those red tomatoes. But in this one, Willie came into my room with her skirt full of paintbrushes and little jars of color. I must have seen her that way a million times, but this time she asked me to paint. I don't even like her stuff. She's whacked all right but I know she's harmless. If she'd just fix herself up a little bit, she'd be real pretty for an older lady. September 28th. What a pain in the neck she's gotten to be. Millie? I'd kick her out if I was smart. I don't like the way I intend to live around here. Why don't you just move out? She's beginning to drive me crazy. Nobody wants to come around with her here. She's also not taking any time fixing herself up. And I'm the one who has to look at that face. Ayo, welcome Hi. to Movie Humpers. Thank you. My name is Bob Sham. I'm Angela. And I hope I don't have any corn in my teeth. I said that like I was a guest. Ooh, I didn't even check my teeth. We ate corn for dinner. Uh, elotes. So. But, uh, yes. Welcome to Movie Humpers. The sounds <laughs> you hear may be dogs. And this month we're just getting started with our theme for February. It is Women in Crisis. Movies about women in certain particular positions. All the crisis doesn't have to be the same. It's not always physical danger. Sometimes it's existential danger, spiritual mm-hmm. danger, identity crisis mm-hmm. and uh, we're finally breaching like a baby into the world of robert altman at least for for this show three women from 1977 directed by robert altman written by robert altman produced by robert altman based on a dream robert altman had mm-hmm. of the of his two lead actors shelly duvall and sissy spacek in this desert-like setting. And then from there, from that weird idea, uh, he fleshed out this strange tale of personality and identity. It also stars Janice Rule and Robert Fortier. Were those two women in his dream? Yeah, apparently. It was spe- actually those two specifically women. Specifically, Shelley Duvall and Sissy Spacek. Sissy Spacek, very young at this time. Oh, yes, very young. And also cinematography by Charles Rocher Jr. and music by Gerald Busby. I read that Janice Rule, this was one of her later movies. Yeah. She did a lot of early stuff. She actually became like a psychoanalyst. Oh, yeah? Yeah, while she was like between movies. not the, So by this time, by the time she was doing this movie, she was like, could she, have been like a practicing. She had a degree, yeah, yeah psychologist yeah. or whatever. Yeah, I think it was psychoanalysis. Interesting. You know what's pointedly uninteresting hmm. are our two main characters here. Purposely uninteresting. If you appreciate movies, 
There's got to be, I mean, Altman was very prolific. He made a lot of movies and a few are like masterpieces Mm -hmm. and many are good, but he kind of makes it look easy. Doesn't he? Doesn't it feel like he, like when he's hitting just right, it feels like breathless. Yeah. This movie was effortless. I mean, he's not like, he often gets compared to Kubrick because of the men of their time and the critical acclaim, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but Kubrick more controlled and, uh, Altman a little more lenient to his act. He seemed to like actors more than Kubrick did. And he kind of let them flow. Mm-hmm. And he really wanted to just this, something about the casual pieces throughout this movie are so compelling to me, even though they appear to just be drifting along, maybe even just uh, set scenes set in and of themselves just feel like weird pieces of humanity more than anything you can glean a, a, a firm plot from. Yep. And you'll hear like passive conversations in the orbit of your main characters. These little mumbling things. Even talking about them. And it's funny, like in The Long Goodbye, Elliot Gould is one of those characters off camera, but his Philip Marlowe does what a lot of Altman's like bit characters in the orbit do. He like mumbles and like, oh yeah, like little sarcastic mm-hmm. one-liners and shit. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, uh, we got Shelley Duvall. Shelley Duvall, I'm still, I'm mad at Dr. Phil. Yeah. For putting her on that show. She's deep into dementia, exploiting her like that. Fuck that I mean, guy. listen, he's a fucking asshole. Well, it's such trash. Oprah really gave us some trash, folk. She gave us Dr. Oz. Oh, my God. Oprah's kind of yeah. overrated. Let's be honest. She's fucking overrated. There should not be a single person in this world who anything they say, you do. Mm. And people are like that with her. She's like, read this book, go to this doctor, watch this show, do this thing. And people are like, Oprah said. And most of the time, it's harmless. She's just, even my grandma was like, all anything that Oprah recommended for that book club, she read. And most of the time, it's just like whatever housewife bullshit. But then she'll be, then she'll drag these experts into their lives that are within her like quasi spiritual orbit and mm-hmm. platform them and then they'll end up being like the biggest most exploitive wads on the planet earth and she really gets no heat for that whatsoever does Mm-mm. she no because she's perfect <laughs> she's a hero i did she's watch someone her to look up to. after school when we were what was that commercial we all was like, watched her. On. it was like <laughs> no we even i watched shit like that yeah 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 but it, it it like grew into a whole thing like it became a monopoly almost she like, became unbelievably wealthy yes she 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 was good at her business yeah hey also she's from the town we recorded from absolutely i think her dad is still here yeah i think uh her family was her family uh has a tr- her family has many businesses in town there's a the winfrey trash pickup uh comes to our streets yeah, and I think her dad was a barber, maybe? Yeah. But anyway, a little side on Oprah, but whatever. Uh, oh, no one knew who Oprah was at this time in 1977. <laughs> Shelley Duvall. Anyway, that's what I was talking about. Yes. She looks so interesting. Such an interesting look. Um, she kind of got these buck teeth. She's so striking in certain ways, but the more you stare at her, the more she does seem genuinely beautiful. Mm-hmm. But also so strange at the same time. Her name is Millie Lemero. Lemero, yeah. Millie is, she's a little clueless in how she, she's lonely, but she's genuinely annoying. And she's really just a reflection of the typical marketable femininity of her time. Yes, she is always put together. Yeah. Completely. At one point, Sissy... Pinky hugs her and she immediately looks in the mirror and like straightens her hair. Yeah. Like it has to be perfect. You, when you first meet her, you think she's popular because she's talking all the time and it seems like people are listening to her, but they're not. Well, based As on how she's it, describing her own life. Yeah. She talks about it like she's super popular and she believes that she has these friends. She's delusional. Everyone in this, I think, is a little bit. Yeah. She's a little, she's delusional. a little delusional. There is a guy in she's her kind apartment of empty. building. She is empty. She doesn't have any substance of her own. She talks all the time. She, 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 there's a guy in her apartment building named Tom. Oh, hi, Tom. She's always like, How's your cold? Tom, I'll go out with you and we get over that cold. And you find out that every time she comes near, he starts coughing on purpose to 
thwart her. Yeah. Apparently, he did take her out at some point because later they're making fun of of her in front of her, basically, and you can hear and them teasing him for taking her out once. Mm-hmm. Well, you're the one that took her That's out. It's one of the satellite conversations you hear. Hi, what you drinking? Uh, it's liquor. It's uh, six and two. Who's winning? Two. Hi, Pat. Millie, you're back. I haven't been anywhere. Pinky doesn't have a date. Maybe we'll come down and join you later. She is like if, um, like you saw an image of someone in a cosmopolitan, you yes. don't, not a celebrity, and that person came out of the page. Like that is who she believes she's supposed to be like in the Mademoiselle. world. And when she's talking to other people about her life and stuff, she only seems to be really, uh, collecting in what's in front of her, almost like whatever leaves her orbit, she kind of forgets about. Mm-hmm. But, but when she's like referencing Tom to Pinky, who we'll talk about more in a second, she talks about him like, oh, he's been trying to take me out, but I won't date him with that cold. She's telling her old roommate who moves out before we meet her how like, oh, I guess I'll turn this guy down again if you guys want to come over but and then have she, some drinks. Well, we find out she she does this whole dinner party and then we find out that that was never the intention. And even her Ex roommate Deidre like makes fun of her. She she'll she work. They work at a um, an elderly spa where elderly people go and kind of exercise and stuff. Yeah, and, she, and it's like in like the desert in California. And she'll she'll there will be two coworkers ahead of her, and they're just walking, and she's behind them just talking about like the most mundane conversations. Yeah, it's all so colorful and exotic. Everything from the sky at sunset to the Hilton Hotel. It's too hot there. Someday I'm going to go there. A boyfriend of mine used to live there. He even dated a hula dancer. You wouldn't believe some of those stories I've heard about those hula dancers. They're real exotic, too. You can take hula dancing lessons now down at Macy's Salon of Dance. What you saw on TV, what you read in a magazine. They're literally not listening to her. They're talking amongst themselves quietly, and she's not, it's like she's not picking up on it. She just assumes everyone in her orbit wants to know what she's thinking all of the time. And stumbling into this in the beginning, we get um, Pinky Rose, our next empty vessel, Pinky. She's actually the first person we meet. Pinky is technically grown, but she, by all emotional and mental sense, she is a child. Yes. And while Millie, she doesn't appear to be properly engaged into the world because the world does not want to seem to engage with her, at least the human world, Pinky Rose seems to be instantly infatuated with her because Millie is conversational and personable directly to her when they first meet, just like she is to everyone else. And Pinky latches onto that she's poised she's put together the director of the, i don't you said it's an elderly spa i think it's actually just like they work in the pool part of the nursing mm-hmm. home or the rehab center exercise the older folks and the director picks out millie to train pinky so immediately pinky is like this person knows everything She's so smart and pretty and beautiful, and I want her to like me. I think Pinky may have, as far as we know, well, we do meet her parents, but may have been literally born yesterday, right? There's just something so, two empty characters as they collide with each other. Robert Altman Mm -hmm. has said, this movie is about empty vessels in an empty space. Sure, I can definitely see that. We find out both of these women are from Texas, different parts of Texas, but there's comments made multiple throughout the movie about how much the area they're at in California looks like Texas. Also, they Pinky's real name is Mildred, and she hates it. And Millie's real name is Mildred. Mildred. She truly is like, what do you think my name is? Mm-hmm. And then Pinky feels like shit. Oh, Pinky. Oh, that's the other thing. Millie goes to have lunch every day at the hospital across the street because she wants to find herself a doctor or an intern. And nurses, yeah. That and again, work over she there. goes in and. So there's a pool where I live and I don't have a roommate anymore. So why don't y'all come over for dinner one night? We could play a great game of Scrabble. Now I've got this Dr. new Foster, recipe I've been wanting to try out. It's called Penthouse Dr. Chicken. Foster, you make it with a can of tomato soup. It takes a whole hour to cook. Yeah. 
But believe me, it's worth it. Okay, would you check my glands for me? Talks the whole time, smokes constantly. Mm. Seems cool, but no one's listening to her. She's trying to even engage, and the people are just like, monos monosyllable responses mm. and pinky goes over there the one person who wants to engage with her and it's like she doesn't know she's there when she's not in front of her but then millie posts up a roommate wanted sign and pinky takes the whole thing down and is like this is gonna be me because it's she's been there for a couple of days oh there's one part where millie's gone for a couple of days after the first day they meet and pinky's walking around like a lost puppy she mm. doesn't know what to do there's these twins that were who never spa. talk they are creepy and i think they're supposed to be but there's this moment that's really interesting i think you just were uh condemning twins i don't think they're supposed to be creepy you think twins are creepy well okay i'll re- let me rephrase that they're not creepy they seem snobby they don't seem to like anyone or talk to anyone but each other imagine triplets Triple the creep. Yeah, see? Kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You. I'm kidding. Although, I don't think I've ever been friends with twins. I've never known any. But I like Sweet Valley High. Okay. They have Millie train Pinky on her first day on how to exercise with the elderly in the pool. Mm -hmm. And And Millie is training Pinky by telling Pinky... To pretend to be an old person and then I will walk you around and I will exercise Mm -hmm. you and you do things like this. But Pinky is so clueless and dumb that it's almost like a Homer Simpson kind of thing here where she's just walking along and Millie, who's dumb as well, but at least knows a little bit more, um, is trying to talk to her as though she's instructing, but also... When she's trying to reference her as though she's trying to talk to an old person. Do you want to stoop and get all the way in? I don't know. Am I supposed to? Not you. That's what you're supposed to ask them. Oh. Pinky gets confused as to whether she's, like, telling her to do these things as opposed to showing her how to do it to other people. And Pinky also, like, she always punches in wrong. She's pick, pulling from the wrong side I know. At the, with her punch card. And they've got a manager that's up their ass. But Pinky is never hitting the punch card right. Like, no, she's always messing it up. She's always fucking it up. When they're in the pool, that's the first time she sees the twins together. And she's just staring at them. And Millie says to her, you act like you've never seen twins before. And she probably hasn't. Yeah. But she says at some point, I think they're in the car going to their apartment when she moves in with her. And Millie says, no, sorry, Pinky says. I wonder what it's like to be twins. Huh? Twins. Better be weird. Do you think they know which one they are? Sure they do. They'd have to, wouldn't they? Maybe they switch back and forth. Now one day, Peggy's Polly. Another day, Polly's Peggy. Who knows? We come back to that idea. Of course, yeah. Later. Well, they also go out to this place called Dodge City. It's a bar with a dirt bike track and a shooting range out back. And a defunct mini golf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh Like it used to be sort of maybe a place to take your family and, and now it, it's just a bar. And it's ran by this dude named Eugene who you ought Edgar? To, Edgar, yes. He <laughs> he's the only one that seems to really respond to Millie and Pinky when they first he's got this shtick where he pretends like he's gonna shoot him. What'd you say your name was? Pinky? Yeah, that's my nickname. My real name's Mildred, but I hate it. <laughs> well, you uh, you kind of look like a pinky to me. Mm-hmm. And he's pointing guns at everyone. He's 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 a parody of a type of man. And obviously, the main reason he's engaging at all with Millie is for the same reason that any man may briefly engage with Millie to sleep with her. There are moments where he seems annoyed with her, though. Like he's had too much. Of course, yes, yeah. because. There's only one thing people want from Millie, and that's it. Edgar is no different, but Edgar has a wife who is uh, she's Willie. pregnant, and she paints these murals like all over. She's painted them in this uh, apartment complex pool that they own. Mm-hmm. She's painted them on rocks, murals on walls everywhere, 
and uh, I forget the artist's name, Bodhi something, but they're they're almost like these mythical creatures in a bra that are they're forefront and center, but you, their whole atmosphere and color is indicative of the desert. Yes, and how it is, and these creatures, some of them seem to be like have like very prominent genitalia. Some are pregnant or have like pointed breasts and all seems to be in conflict with each other like all these creatures are mythological totally made up desert creatures are just kind of constantly in a conflict with each other in the pool at the apartment building we find out that willie is the is the wife's name willie and edgar also Mm. own the apartment building where millie lives and pinky moves in with her and she painted that swimming pool and it looks cool as shit. it looks fucking cool as shit Throughout the movie, it comes back to this image within that swimming pool of these three creatures together. Mm. And I think that that is supposed to represent those three women. Well, that is sort of like the, the place where they do all well, eat. I, so obviously the first two women are uh, Millie and uh, Pinky. Uh-huh. And Willie is the third woman. I wanted her name to be Mildred too somehow. I know. But I don't think it is. I wanted to know her more, but she doesn't speak. No, very rarely. She's the opposite of Millie in that she, and there's that whole like Willy Millie thing. She is older. She's pregnant. She's very like flowy. She doesn't wear makeup. She has her hair tied up or in a scarf all the time. She appears to wear makeup. Oh, maybe she does. It's like a dark kind of eyeliner thing oh, okay right you noticed that or maybe it's not meant to appear as makeup but she it's like she just has like a yeah. kind of like a dark feet dark complexion i think that's way. what i thought more than anything but but so maybe she is wearing makeup but she's not fitting into these like beauty standards that millie is she doesn't give a fuck to. she doesn't give a fuck about is, she's a yeah she's an older woman who, who happens to be pregnant that just wants to paint we her never art. And obviously, she's not a happy person. No, and nor we, and nor would we assume that Edgar at any point is good to her. We never see them interact with each other. That's true. Not once. Not once. Even when there's an issue later, she doesn't call for Edgar. So they go into the bar, and like Pinky, she's just a complete child. She she can't drink a beer without spilling it everywhere. She pours salt in she it, sort of, and then guzzles it. And then she doesn't smoke cigarettes. She's afraid of guns. And of course, uh, Millie is kind of eating up her environment, trying being very flirty. But then Millie becomes like this annoyed big sister. To Pinky, Pinky becomes her roommate, and Pinky, I mean, she's a mess. She also has only, like, one pair of underwear. Mm -hmm. She has to borrow clothes from Millie. She's making clothes She's making clothes. So, one night, that's when um, Millie thinks that her friends are going to come over and have dinner, right? Oh, she goes on a hot date. Yeah. But she ends up coming home early, seemingly because the guy dumped her. And so she goes upstairs, and while she's been out, Pinky thought she had the whole evening. So she's left her shoes on the floor. She's reading Millie's diary, wearing Millie's clothes. Mm -hmm. So she's single white femaling Millie a little bit. She's told Millie already that Millie's the coolest person that she's ever met in her life. She wants to be her. And so she wants to eat like her. She wants to dress like her. She wants to do everything and like also, her. And Millie's diary is she's writing more about who she wants to be. She's she's writing in her diary the same way she might talk to a stranger about all these men that are knocking her door down. Mm-hmm. And the way she is with them and what people think about her. Yeah, it's like, all not true. Like I'm such a wonderful, fashionable, modern woman. But to watch her... Walk through these desert environments around these like sand, sandy ass people, and they're just like not even acknowledging that she's there. I love this part because she basically catches Pinky and is mad at her for multiple reasons. And she says, Let's go down to the pool. You can borrow one of my suits. And Pinky's like, Oh, I need to finish working on something. She really just wants to finish reading the diary. Mm. So Millie puts on her suit and puts on this head-to-toe yellow hooded cover-up that zips all the way up the front. 
And then when she comes out of her apartment, she's slinking down the stairs. Uh oh. Don't look now, but it's thoroughly Desert modern. Radio just plays the best the top of the stairs, making her entrance. Someone goes, Tom, you better start coughing or she's going to try to <laughs> come and go out with you. And he's We're like, like laughing at people like slight bullying her. It's one of those things <laughs> where you want to hope she can't hear them because she acts like she can't. Yeah, that's hard and to it, know. It, it's hard to know, but I, I want to say she can't hear them. But but Altman wants us to know what everyone actually thinks about her. And I think that's very important. But it's one of those things where, I'm sure a lot of people have said this, but I'm going to quote RuPaul. Okay. What other people think about you is none of your damn business. You will only hurt yourself if you really, like if you eavesdrop on a conversation with people talking Mm -hmm. about you. Sure. Even someone who loves you might say something terrible about you when you're not around that would hurt your feelings so badly. Sometimes people got to blow off steam about you. Absolutely. Yeah, everyone needs someone to talk shit about anyone, too. And you need someone else other than that person to talk shit about them sometimes. Absolutely. It's not the same thing as hate. It's bad if that's maintained over a long period of time. But, yeah, people... Just need to blow off steam sometimes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you start thinking about what does this person think about me or what do I do that they probably hate, you will drive yourself insane. So she's... Now, I don't know if she's taking that mental RuPaul high road here. <laughs> I don't. I think I, she's I think just she's kind just of internalizing it and compartmentalizing it way down deep inside. Because obviously she is deeply insecure. Yes. Her insecurities for that night after having been stood up by her friends... um, she, uh, Pinky comes back one night to find her Millie hooking up with Edgar. Well, so that night it was just a date that ended early. There's another night where she makes this whole dinner and she has made Pinky, Pinky's cleaned the house and Millie's making this whole dinner and she's turned what would be just drinks into this dinner party that they're going to have with these three guys and Deidre and Pinky and Millie. Pinky goes to take out the garbage and Deidre pulls up in the car and is like, do you know Millie? Can you just tell her that, like, we're going to Dodge. Like, we're not hanging out with her. And, sorry, we were supposed to come by for drinks or something, but, like, we're not. And Millie had, like, prepared all this stuff. She makes these crazy she gets canned pudding and puts it in these shells and puts whipped cream on top and sprinkles and it's one of those things that you see in old magazines that's like a recipe that's very i'm surprised she didn't have like some kind of gelatinous thing with olives in it i know we actually have hanging on our wall you know a framed picture from an old cookbook that's talking about like hot dog casserole and there's like melba oh. toast ice with ice cream Ameri- and it's this insane american cooking like up to the like mid 80s was down real bad what is that one sandwich called that's like a tuna? she actually makes everything's melts in this and it made me think of like she makes tuna melts and roast chicken melts and hamburger melts everything is a melt we might be clowning millie's spread here mm-hmm. but that's the height of 70s uh oh, yeah. uh or american or's divorce or's divorce or's divorce <laughs> or's divorce i don't and think i've ever said that word in my life and i'm trying to say it it's or d'oeuvres or d'oeuvres you i thought you were making it are you are you clowning me or did i just no. hit you clown me because you didn't I know it was hors d'oeuvres <laughs> Are you serious? I thought you were fucking with me. I thought you were pretending the to word, not know. I, like, I know the word hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, but you didn't know that But I think what I thought I better. once was reading was not that word. So I just now learned what I, the, the spelling of that in my mind. Look, I can't know everything. You can't know everything. Hors d'oeuvres. divorce. She's making some. No, she's crushing them whores divorce. You tell me you're not going to eat a canned chocolate pudding tart? Uh, no, I would eat, totally eat a canned chocolate pudding tart. That's what rich people ate well, back so, then. So Pinky comes back and Millie's all dressed. And Pinky has to tell Millie, your friends are not coming. 
and Millie blames Pinky. She's mm. like, you're a you mess. You didn't ask a lot of you questions. You scared them away. What did you say? You didn't try to get them up here, and I'm leaving, and I hate you, basically. Like, you can move out or something. I think she says that later. She goes out. Pinky goes to sleep. Millie comes home and is like, you got to go sleep out in the living room pull on couch. the pull-out couch because I have company. And it's... Uh, Eugene. Edgar. Edgar, is sorry. Is his name. <laughs> well, I don't know why I keep messing <laughs> that up. No. His name is Edgar. And so she has Edgar there and Pinky is like scandalized. She's like, what about Willie? I know all about Willie. You don't. You why don't you mind your own business for a change? This has nothing to do with you. Ever since you moved in here, you've been causing me grief. Nobody wants to hang around you. You don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't do anything you're supposed to do. Well, I'll tell you what. If you don't like the way I intend to live around here, why don't you just move out? Anytime suits me. Anytime at all. Pinky leaves. She's totally broken. She's obviously so upset. She's obviously fragile. She's also very enthralled by Willie, even though she can't seem to get close to Willie. She wants to. I like your paintings. Now, why'd you say that for? That's embarrassing. And so I think to her, it's like this whole huge, the person she thinks is the most perfect is doing something that she knows is going to hurt someone who she thinks is the most mysterious, you know? And it's like this whole... Yeah, yeah. She's torn with like, I mean, if you want to pick someone to be, Willie does seem like the coolest, but also like the most... She does strike me as a broken person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're all broken. But at least she's creative as fuck yes. and unique. So Pinky completely wrecked. The, the, it implies that she hit her head, but from the... I think she hit her on the bottom of the pool. So she gets up on kind of this top stair railing and just throws herself into the pool. And yeah, I think she goes straight down and bops it's her head. It's not that deep. And that's when Millie, this is one of the few times she says anything... Willie. Willie, sorry. <laughs> she, she starts yelling for She him. starts yelling for Tom mm -hmm. to come out and and Tom comes out and gets into the pool and rescues her. And she ends up in the hospital mm -hmm. and she's in a coma. And suddenly Millie goes from like this little sister, but then it's like when once she's in this position, you know, who else was truly in her life looking up to her? needing her for guidance this and is the only person in the whole world then she becomes very motherly to this girl in it's a coma. also one of those things where the last thing that she said to her was you can move out anytime's fine with me mm. you're annoying like you know she said all these mean things to her and so you know she blames herself so there's also that sense of responsibility but also yes motherly like she's crying a doctor tries to pick her up, and any other time, she would have gone in a heartbeat, but she was like, no. Yeah. I've got to be here. Yeah. Any, uh, and that's the uh, first time she's chosen anything over a man. Which is, because a doctor trying to pick her up is what she- That's what she's what, been when hoping. When we first meet her, that's like what she's striving for. She's gunning for the interns who don't make shit. A doctor here, but because of her friend and the position she's in- she has shifted into a much more maternal position. And she immediately is like, it is my job to make sure that Pinky still has her job when she's better. It's my job to find her parents, you know, and she doesn't and know she anything. Does. And she, But she does find her parents and they are very old. Yeah, it seems like they maybe had, they were, they're very old. Like they probably had Pinky in their 50s. Who played the dad? We looked John Cromwell. Yes. I think that's James it Cromwell's is. dad. It that's, is James Cromwell's dad. John yeah. Cromwell was an actor and director. I did look him up. I just, I thought it was Cromwell, but I didn't want to say it wrong. Mm. He's funny in this because he literally is just falling asleep. He doesn't he, he's know a guy. Happening. Yeah. They he's, are old. They are very old. She was a mistake baby, an accident surprise baby. You know that they're from. They obviously don't have a lot of money. They're, They're from, from a very small town in Texas. Mm. But they travel. They get on the bus and they come all the way there once Millie can find them. And... Pinky doesn't wake up for a while. Uh -huh. And then when she does, and the doctor says she's starting to respond, they all go in there and Pinky sees her parents. What are you trying to do to me? Nothing. They came all the way out from Texas to see you. Don't you even appreciate it? I don't care where they came from. They're not my parents. They're not my parents. But Pinky, don't call me Pinky. Now you must go yes, outside. Get out. Get out. Get out. Just get out. 
starts to scream. But she seems to recognize Millie or at least be comfortable with Millie. But when they tell her these are your parents, she's like, I've never seen them in my life. Why are you telling me these are my parents? So the doctor informs, well, she's definitely a lot better. Maybe she shouldn't be around her parents, but she seems to recognize you. So we're going to, you know, let her out probably in a couple days and she can go back to being your roommate. And we never see the parents again. And so she, so Pinky is supposed to, Pinky's got a whole attitude change. Oh, yeah. She's like much more confident, much more callous. Millie has embodied the confident attitude that Millie projects. Pinky has taken on Millie's attitude. Did I say Millie you twice? You said Millie to Millie, but it's hard because. Well, it's almost also, appropriate. It is. <laughs> it is because Pinky becomes. Up. More like Millie, and Millie is becoming more like this motherly, like, fussing at Pinky a little bit. Like, you shouldn't be out by the pool. Pinky becomes more like the Millie in the diary. Yes, and we find out that, you know, she keeps yelling, don't call me Pinky, don't call me Pinky, my name is Mildred. And she hated that name. Which she hated it before, but... We find out that she's been writing in the diary because there's this she moment. Took it over, yeah. Oh, Pinky says, the doctor said I should have my own room. But I told him that we only have this one bedroom with two beds, and so it's out of the question. And so Millie falls right into it and says, oh, well, I'll go sleep on the rollaway in the living room, and you can have this room to yourself. And then there's like a day where she she is out by the pool drinking and smoking with the guys, right? And she won't come in, even though Millie's trying to get her to. And she goes upstairs and sees the key to her diary. Millie finds the key to her own diary on the bed. And she thinks, oh, shit. But she opens it and realizes that Pinky has been writing in the diary as though it is her own. So basically, they said that she had amnesia. But it seems that the only thing she can remember is what she read in that diary. And she thinks it's her life. Yeah. So she's not even... Like, she has the confidence that Millie wishes she had. She's She literally thinks she's Millie Lamoureux. It's what Millie reads in the diary. It says something along the lines of, I finally got her out of the room. So glad she's so annoying. I've been thinking a lot about wanting to try to find my parents. You know, Lamoureux is such an interesting name. Yeah. There can't be that many she, of them. Pinky is even fucking Tom and she's drinking and or oh, but she's not fuck- fucking Tom, fucking Edgar. Edgar. And she's fucking Edgar and she's drinking and smoking and doing all the things that Millie did. She's not afraid to shoot pistols and hang mm-hmm. out with the dirt biker guys, but she's more successful at drawing in all these people than Millie ever was. Yes. She's she becomes what Millie has strived to be, what Millie pretends to be but never was. But now Millie has switched to a maternal position and because and it's like she has a bad kid on her hands. Yeah, and then it all kind of culminates night where Pinky has this dream. There's this very scary lady face Mm. in the bar that you pull her kerchief and she laughs for a really long time forever. She spit on me! And it's this joke, like at one point Edgar pulls Pinky's thing and she goes, That laughing lady is in her dream. She's dreaming about the pictures that Willie is painting. And then we're seeing like water like flowing into the shot. Like these colors, the desert. The, the type of colors you would see in that desert scape. It's kind of fuzzy and confusing. And she wakes up. Well, she sees also the picture of the twins. And then her face and Millie's face are superimposed on the twins. Mm-hmm. Just wanted I mean, to come back to that because that's the whole, like, right. the, do I, they know who they are? The, the crisis of identity that yes. we're in here. Yes. And so um, Pinky wakes up. And you get the feeling that she might have snapped out, like she's back to reverting. She seems to be having some memories to the very childish form of herself. And she comes into to the rollaway bed. She's crying, and she's asked if she she said she had a nightmare because she sleep with her and Millie 
takes her in, becomes that comforter. And that's when, um, Edgar, uh, shows Lets himself up drunk. into their apartment. He owns the building. So he just unlocks the door and walks in and he's like, Ooh, nice. You know, he's probably thinking he's going to get uh, a three way, but then he's been trying for one the whole movie, but then they, they freak out and like Millie demands he gets out before he calls the police. Well, she does. And then he says, well, where am I going to go? Something about you should party with me. I'm about to be a dad. Yeah. And then they're like, Willie is having a baby. And they're like, we got to go right now. And I thought, like, Willie was already at the hospital. He just wasn't there. No, Willie is back at their place behind Dodge. Yeah, they have a little house behind Dodge. And she is just in labor in this house alone. And it's not surprising because what little we know about Willie, she does seem like someone who would have a child, like a home birth. But where is her midwife? Like, she needs, you can't be alone. No, they did not You have to have someone with you. She's got the postpartum, she had the postpartum depression before Before she started. She had the baby. Yeah, for sure. She had the pregnancy depression. So she's giving birth, and uh, Millie is yelling at uh, Pinky, who hasn't really said much. She just seems shook out of her memories and tells her to go get a doctor. And. Pinky walks away, gets to the car, but turns around and it's just... She just backs away. She just... It's creepy. She's watching everything that happens and Millie goes in and she's she's vocalizing the issues she's seeing, like maybe the baby... Because they couldn't get the baby out fast enough that I think it suffocated and it was a large baby and something something happened there. It didn't even really seem like that Pinky would have had a enough time to go there get a doctor. There wouldn't have been, but anyway. I also don't know why the answer was get in the car, go to the hospital and bring us a doctor. Like, why wouldn't you call? Like just, or just go to the hospital anyway, sit in the back well, seat Well, she said she her. couldn't get, she's like, it's too far gone, I can't. Yeah. I mean, she was crowning. The baby yeah. was crowning. And but, so. But the baby is born dead, passed away. And uh, Millie, uh, she, Millie wraps the baby up and she's trying to be, you know, the most sincere that she's ever been, the most caring, and she's just explained. She doesn't know what to say, but she's like, I think it, it's so cold. I think it's gone. But she bundles up the the stillbirth and hands it to Millie, and Millie just kind of gets in the fetal position, just starts holding it, or Willie is just holding it, and Millie comes out, and she's just, like, covered in blood, and she's just spazzing the fuck out like she's totally broken life was supposed to happen and she just brought death and then she screams at pinky you never went you never went You He's never like, even you went. You never even went and slaps her. And gets blood all over Pinky's face. And that's pretty much the end of the movie, but... There's what I would like to refer to as the epilogue. It's the epilogue part. And this is interesting because it, it seems like we skip... I mean, this movie can't be, you know, five hours long, but I felt like there was another two hours of movie yes. between that point and then the sudden point we went to. At least 30 minutes. Which I actually, I'm not complaining. No, no, I no. actually love this. I do too. Uh, this part, so interesting. So it, it jumps forward in time and Pinky, now looking the youngest she has in this whole time is sitting behind the bar and it's a little different. Like it looks a little different. Dodge. The Coca-Cola guys are bringing in the sodi pop. Yeah. And he says, someone's got a sign for this. And she goes, I'll get my mom. And she goes out and she gets Millie. But Millie's, she's got dark hair. And dark she, makeup, like eyeliner and her, stuff Her like hair that. is, like, shorter, and she's wearing the more loose clothes, and she has, like, the scarf around her hair like Willie used to. Mm-hmm. And she's been, like, doing something outside, like Willie was always outside. And, yeah, she comes in, and she signs for it, and the Coca-Cola boy goes, Sure is horrible what happened to old Edgar. Yes, it was a terrible accident. We're all grieved by it. I just don't understand it, him being so good with guns and everything. Yeah, yeah, you know, we're just trying to make it without him or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you you get the feeling that these women killed Edgar. Yeah. 
you know. And they go back to the house behind where Edgar and Willie used to live, and Willie's just kind of chilling on the porch. She's and like now, a grandma. Yeah, she's like the grandma, but she kind of looks like a more like relaxed version of herself. Like her hair is down, but she doesn't have it. There's no hat. There's no scarf. She's just wearing like a loose button up shirt and a skirt. You know, like she just seems like she just sits on this porch all day, every day. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of an ease to her. And then you hear these women interacting and it's interesting because Millie is the caretaker. Millie is and she's she's telling Pinky what to do and Pinky's asking dumb questions because Pinky is a child. Yeah. And then you actually hear, you know, she's basically like, Well, potatoes, well peel these potatoes. Well what, what pot? pot? She goes, I'm not gonna answer that question. <laughs> and then you hear Willie go, Willie says you shouldn't be so harsh with her, yeah. which is a total grandma thing mm. to say. And it's really, and then it's over. And it's, it's so interesting because you kind of don't know where one of these women ends and the next begins. And I read a lot about this. Like people have had all kinds of theories about this movie. Are they all one woman? Is it, you know, different parts of one psyche? Mm. Is there, you know, is there schizophrenia? Is, you know, what Maybe. is this, what is this like a representation of? Mm, that's a good question. I don't, I don't know if they're, I think I'm taking what I'm seeing. Yes. On face value and that these are just people processing identities, switching identities, um, and in some way, growing up but pinky's best bet is to kind of grow down and be the child figure because it's yeah. it's almost like millie it's really millie's come up she's the one that kind of grows the most but now she's put upon mm-hmm. you know she's not she's not thriving as the mother figure she looks like she's aged 15 years as any mother would as she would i mean she's not they seem closer to age maybe four or five years apart at the beginning and by the end they seem like they're 15 years apart 20 years apart and it's so interesting because i keep going back to that quote that robert altman said about how it's empty vessels in an empty space it's like this is a place and these are people where anything can happen if you're an empty vessel you fill it up with whatever you've got right so millie's filling herself up at the beginning with magazines and you know what pop culture is saying at the time in the 70s that she should be and filling up with these words like always trying to make herself like seem intelligent but she's playing a part that she's emulating and then pinky shows up as a blank slate has no idea so she's like just, literally the dumbest person ever yeah she has no common sense and she just she wants to be everything millie is and so when she forgets who she is she fills herself up with millie's past and then millie has nothing again until she's forced to be in charge yeah and then she's filled up with this mother role and at that point willie's lost her baby and i don't think willie has anything left willie's now just empty Willie, uh, Millie, <laughs> getting all these names jumbled. Millie sees the embodiment of what she hopes to be in Pinky when Pinky's got the amnesia and is confused and it's, and she reacts against it. It's what she thinks she wants for herself. She sees it in front of her and it's actually like nothing that would ever let her in. Yeah. Or she's never going to be that. Yeah. She never can be that. And I think there's also that realization. I really wanted to see Willie at that end paint something to me is like, as long as Willie is painting, but maybe, you know, because the images she painted seem to be in conflict. Does she not feel like she has to paint anymore? I mean, we only saw this one moment. I don't know if she doesn't paint anymore, but that was just what I was most, uh, it's what you were most drawn to her. Yeah. So I was just the most curious as to where she was at at that point in the story. Yeah. One of my favorite Willie moments is she also paints like smaller pictures. Like she paints these huge murals, but she also does these smaller pictures. And she at one point goes out alone to the the gun range shooting and her. she's shooting it's part of her art is that she sets them sets these paintings that she's completed on the side of the hill and she shoots gun holes into them mm. uh, this movie is fucking great it's really great um you can give one through five i'm gonna one through five let's we went kind of long let's wrap this up i'm gonna give it a 4.75 me too that's s tier I don't know. Like I, I love uh, you know Nashville is a great movie of 
The Long Goodbye is a good movie. I I'm think, gonna give it a five. I think it really is between these three, including add three women of that. I would love to revisit some of Almond's '90s stuff as well. I think he did Ready to Wear, Shortcuts, uh, Shortcuts, The Player. The Player is really good. I love Nashville. Nashville is one of my favorite. Movies. Oh well, Nashville is considered a masterpiece as yeah. well. One I mean, I really legendary can't. ensemble film. One of the things I also particularly loved and noticed as soon as Millie got in her car is that she always closed her dress in her car. Yes, her dress was in. The there Little every tiny time details we talked about we, it i wish i'd mentioned that at the beginning but we got to it yeah yeah, yeah it's it's such a neat <laughs> it's so funny little detail so check it out oh, a pleasure this movie it's become one of my favorites um mm-hmm. and i'm glad i finally got to it oh mccabe and mrs miller is supposed to be also fan fucking oh yeah that's one of the few i haven't seen so mm-hmm. actually there's a lot of altman i haven't seen he's made tons of movies but i have seen several but i Need to get the McCabe and Mrs. Miller. Potentially next. a prospect for a year of Altman. You could fill up a, a, a lot of space with them. But check it out right at the top of our S tier because it's in numerical and then alphabetical order. Three Women by Robert Altman. And, uh, you know, you just, you look at the ranks that it's in, look under it. Uh, Charlotte Wells After Sun, oh. Kubrick's Barry Lyndon, James Weld's Bride. Of Frankenstein, Citizen Kane, John Carpenter's Halloween. It is at least as good, if not better, than those kind of movies. Women in Crisis will come in all forms all month long. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this conversation. I thought it was very good. And uh, check the show notes for links and other places to find us. Click like, subscribe, comment, corrections, fun facts. Throw me some Altman fun facts. Throw me some Altman fun facts. I love shit like, ugh, excuse me, blurping up corn over here. Uh, what, what are we saying when we leave in ugh, this month? Do you want to read you any of that? Nope. Okay. Watch your back, girl. Mm-hmm.